Good morning, Rock Bible Church. I love the energy this morning. I love it because I'm a little little energy light. <coughs> I don't know if you can hear the voice or the week three. Let the streak continue. Uh, it's good to be here in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We are still a Christ-centered. Biblically-based, compelling, casual community, compelling ourselves and others to Christ in casual ways that welcome all to worship, being a community that serves the greater community. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, um, we're going to, we, some of you are in the know, there was a family meeting projected for today right after this service. It has been postponed. Uh, so we're going to take a little more time. We just got our year-end budget uh, totals yesterday, and we've got some other things you want to look at uh, before we have our meeting. And And I think there's something going on after church today already. I'm not quite sure what that is. So um, We'll give you a to-be-determined on future family meeting date. Uh, we, we okay with that? All right, who's, who's voting for the Niners? Lions? Wow, I was not expecting that. And there's another game today, right? Okay, how many, how many people, your team is out of the hunt already? Okay, all right, okay, okay, all right. Well, I'm a, I'm a little conflicted uh, today because my brother lived in Detroit for a decade and he's all excited right now. And if the Niners win, then I have to listen to you people. So, but I want y'all to be happy. So, there we go. Go Detroit. Go Detroit. We are uh, continuing our series in the Gospel of John. I love, um, for some reason this morning, week four, uh, we're chapter three today, by the way, but we're week four. I was listening to the bumper just now, and I, I this is the first time I've noticed this, but uh, it said the the perfect unity was fractured. And I just, I, I, for some something about that I love because it kind of fits in with this morning. Um, John chapter 3 is going to give us some decisions to make, some uh, marvelous decisions to make. If you take out your outline, look at the top, it says John chapter 3, marvelous decisions. Um, a lot of times we say marvelous Right? And we think, what's the feel behind that word? Yay? Yes. Hmm. Manifested glory. Some, you, some of you grabbed the wrong uh, outline? Hmm. Okay. Okay, we have official mutiny. So I, there's a little suggestion. The utensil in your hand that has ink, put a line through last week's title. Okay, you're going to be okay. Take a deep breath. Write marvelous decisions. Some of them have it, some of them don't. Okay. Who wants a new one? There we go. We got a new one. Brought to you by our favorite deacon. Does this have a mute button, James? When I when I need to cough, just turn it off. Oh, good luck on that. Um, uh, a lot of times when we think marvelous, we think positive, we think good. There's another way to think marvelous. Uh, when you're marveling at something, now what are you doing? Give me a synonym. I'm. He marveled over it, right? Awe, think, wonder, ponder, amazement, figure out. Um, we're going to see it, verse 7. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So, um, there's ways for us to marvel at things. Jesus is going to say, ah, you don't need to marvel about it, but you need to make some decisions about some of the things that are being presented once God comes on the scene. And... Uh, I love 
that chapter 2, chapter 3, end of chapter 1, Jesus is actually physically on the scene and starting to interact. And we start to see some great things. Um, in fact, they call it good news. And I want to make sure that we, we get the infection out there and it spreads to everyone, that the good news is more than just the death on the cross, the solvent of sin, the solvent of death. There, there's, there's good news prior to that. Uh, there's good news today. Right? Uh, why, why do we come to church weekly? For practice. Practice for what? For a now experience. And there's some now experiences you can have. We're going to see some things. I'm going to point out some stuff. I'm going to get a little bit semi-nerdy. I think you'll be okay though. Yeah? All right, let's pray. Lord, thanks for our morning. Thanks for uh, our worship, our energy. I pray that uh, what we do when we sing, what we feel in that energy is really just pieces of you. And may we understand as much as we can about you, from you, uh, for us. I, we pray that uh, your spirit, you would give to us freely, as it says in your word, and that we might all go out of here just a little bit different, a little bit better. And so we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. John chapter 3, verse 1. Here we go. Uh, now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Boo. Pharisee. Ruler of the Jews. Um, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs you do unless God is with them. Um, by the way, if uh, anybody's seen the Chosen series, it's, it's, a, it's a great, fun little series. They, they take some liberty with certain things, uh, and I think in kind of good ways. One of, one of the ways that I, I appreciate it is the character that plays Nicodemus in the, in the show. He's kind of fun. Okay, so there's a little shameless plug for you to do something pseudo-Christian. Okay, um, and give you some insights. But he asks a question and makes a statement at the same time, kind of, right? We know your teacher come from God, and, and no one can do these signs unless God is with him. What's, what's um, outside of Jesus? There's a, there's a truth hidden in there. With Jesus, there can be a different experience. A better experience when we say different? He says signs. You're doing, signs. You're doing some amazing stuff. Um, what Nicodemus is witnessing is a now experience. And uh, for me, that is pretty much the whole of my motivation for being in this thing. This, this Christian thing, this cross thing, this religious Sunday repetition, go to seminary, all, I, I, I need, must have now experience. Or, it's fake. And I, I'm, I guess I'm far enough along the line in the experiment, in the, in the testing, in the trying, in the enjoying that I'm really having trouble with the people who are still struggling as to whether they want to try or thinking about if they might believe if we get all these prerequisites in line, well then maybe. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I just want to grab those people and drag them into an experience, a more of an experience. <laughs> I want to force them to change their camera angle. Okay, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm undiagnosed ADH, whoa, squirrel, whatever. Um, so I'm just, I'm having a moment right now because when I walk like this, there's a screen back there and it changes because the camera's moving because we got a new camera. So it's kind of an announcement and I'm excited, but it makes me think of 
young Christians, pre-Christians, those lacking some experiences with God, they have, they have kind of one, it's almost like they got a still frame view of, of what can be with God. And, and I want to get them a panoramic that moves and zooms in and zooms out. And Nicodemus is having that experience and uh, understand he's probably one of the foremost teachers at the time. And, and he's running into things he's yet to see. Things above him, beyond him, deeper, wider. In fact, Jesus is going to notice that he's marveling. He thought he had reached, I mean, about as far as he could get. And then Jesus comes on the scene and goes, yeah, it kind of goes to 11. And you're, you're, you can have that experience. And what we love about Nicodemus in there is what we want for ourselves and for others that we start asking questions, we engage, and we, we push a little bit. Jesus, verse 3, answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What's, what, what jumps out to you? If you were to make observations of this, what observation would you see in that sentence? What's, what's the one that jumps out to you? Born again. Okay. I kind of dismiss that one because you, know, you can't be born twice. It's just the one that really get, got me this week. See the kingdom of God. You know what we've just implied? <clears throat> implied. What, what Jesus has outright said stated the kingdom of God can be seen Ooh, I love that because we're no longer talking about whether the kingdom of God exists its existence is assumed now can you find it I had this experience at my house this week I've been spending a lot of time at the house lately because I am a sickhead, right? And um, someone, we will not name names to protect the identity of the guilty, lost the remote. Oh! I mean, I've, I've thought of some things that are pretty bad in this world. Being out of coffee is one. Losing the remote, that's cardinal. That's like playing a whole game and not scoring a goal, right? So, I just thought, well, you know, probably the remote doesn't exist. It's probably just a figment of our imagination or a story somebody else told. Is that what I thought? No. No, what did I do? I tore up, well, I, I would have tore up the house, except for I found it in 12 seconds. I have a rule in my house. It's called the 12-second rule. I really want to stand on this chair right now to tell you this rule because that's how strong I feel about it. But we have some people that put um, minor effort into some of their things in life. And they can't find something. They know the easiest solve is, Dad. It actually kind of sounds like that. And the rule is, because this has happened so many times, if, if you tell me to look for your textbook, your keys, your favorite blanket, whatever, um, the remote, if I can find it in 12 seconds, that means what? You're all adults. <laughs> I'm trying to raise adults. So if I find it within 12 seconds, then there's a penalty. Okay, you're going to get red carded. Um, so that's so yeah I found it in 12 seconds and and I thought to myself because where I found it it was just right underneath a furniture thing where if you just that's all you had to do <laughs> there it is why did I tell this story God's there 
just because you've lost him or can't see him or whatever, or haven't looked, what, what if God was so close that all you had to do was like, huh. Reese, what, what if all you had to do was like, oh, read a little. Pray, call somebody who does. Don't marvel. Chase. Make some decisions. He says, you can see the kingdom of God. You can have a now experience. Nicodemus is blown away. He says to him, uh, how can a, a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? This is proof that dad humor is not new. This is an old guy trying to be funny or ironic or whatever. It's supposed to be. Okay, we're not going to spend any time on that. Jesus answered and, and ignores the bad joke. Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter kingdom of God. Um, you're missing seeing the kingdom of God because you're looking for an earth experience, a water physical there's a spiritual thing going on. The way you chase God is different than the way you find a remote. The way you drink water is, is different than the way you bring in the Spirit. Um, and you should know this, Nicodemus. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of Spirit is Spirit. That's verse 6. Verse 7. Do not marvel. Why are you confused? What is the mystery here? that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. Two statement? Okay. And you hear its sound. Two statement? Okay. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. Also true statement. So it is with everyone who is born in the Spirit. When you're born in the Spirit, are you on a ride? Yeah. La last time you were on a ride, did you know? You did. Pretty much always know if you're on a ride, okay? Those of you who are confused about that, we got another discussion, okay? But many times there's a rail or there's lines on the street or you're in a car or there's doors or, I mean, when there's parameters and you kind of know what's going. That's a flesh experience. When you're on a ride with God, does it go where He wants it to go? Yes. Can you hear it and sound and experience it? Do you know where it's going? It's a totally different ride. We should never marvel at this. When God does things that are different, and we call them miraculous, right? Um, extraordinary. I hate that, that word was, those two words were combined because now we just say extraordinary and it's lost its meaning. It, it's outside of our experience just because you've yet to have that experience. But is it a real experience? What, what God and is trying to do for us is uh, show us reality. It's just a different reality than we've had so far. That's the experience that Nicodemus is having and and Jesus is saying, wait, no, no, this is how it always is. God does what He wants whenever He wants with whoever He wants. For as long as He wants, He ends it when He wants, and He ends up where He wants. But where are you in that equation? Say along for the ride. Right? It was glorious. Uh, the other night, uh, Julie's gone, and uh, so we took Wayne, we went out to eat, and Johnny was coming, and, da -da, and we go out to the car, and John gets in the driver's seat, I understand, folks. In, in my experience for decades, like when we go somewhere, I, Scott's driving. I got chauffeured. It was amazing how much I enjoyed it. I'm on my phone. I'm texting people. I'm looking up the weather, what movies are playing tonight. I'm, a, I'm looking at the restaurant menu already. We're not even there. I didn't have to pick a parking space. There were so many things about it that I had forgotten or just haven't experienced in decades. Uh, your relationship with the Lord can be the same. Amen?
All right, we got to fly. We got to boogie here. Um, uh, where are we? Nicodemus said, How can these things be? He still doesn't understand. Verse 10 Jesus answered him, Are you teacher of Israel and yet you do not. What's that word? Are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? What's the tone with, in which I just said that? Disbelief, um, disgust, dissonance, right? Semi-negative, right? Why, w- why would there be a disconnect from what Nicodemus says to the response? Jesus says, why are you disconnected on this? Because Jesus is telling him you should be connected is the kingdom of God understandable? That's the assumption, the projection that Jesus makes. This is understandable unless you pursue it the wrong way. That's kind of interesting. Truly I say, verse 11, uh, we speak of what we know and bear witness of what we've seen, but you do not believe you don't receive our testimony. If I've told you earthly things you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? That's basic logic right there. So you're not listening to the simple stuff. How are you going to understand the complex stuff? Verse 13, no one has ascended into heaven except who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. This one got me stuck this week. Not stuck bad. Like just, I just wallowed in this. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Who descended from heaven? Jesus, right? We just did the whole Christmas thing. Which, by the way, I know some of you are tracking because I made a big deal of this. I didn't make it to February with the Christmas decorations. I lost. We had to put them away. So sad. Um, he comes down. But what, what does it say before? No one has ascended into heaven. Ascending is going up. We're beginning of John. He's yet to die on the cross. And ascension hasn't happened at the end of John. We're in the beginning of John. So when was past tense ascended? Has he been down here before? He has ascended before. And he just descended again. I think he's got frequent flyer miles. I think he's making multiple trips. I love that. I just really, really spun on that this week. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Yeah, there's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's a reference to the future cross. And why? Verse 15. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life have present tense kingdom of god can be seen experienced it can be a now experience but it will be different and rather than driving you're a passenger which means you're going to have to be careful with the marveling but you do have some decisions to make amen we're going to look at those at the end. Let's get through this. Here's this verse that we um, see all the time. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish. Is, is perish possible? Yeah. Uh, but have eternal life. That's the second time now that we've heard this said from Jesus. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that we might be saved through all of the religious ceremonies and obedience that we do no 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 uh this is where i i go back to that thing i i harp on this all the time the most powerful words in scripture tend to be the shortest and the smallest maybe the best has an argument for being the best is him if we could focus on him Instead of me, 
you're going to start to experience kingdom and you're going to start to reason the way he wants you to. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, so con condemnation is possible. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. Light came into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because of their work, because their works were evil. Um, we this um, is an analogy, so it's not actual light and actual dark. It's 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 spiritual darkness. Thank you. It's uh, a dimness of spirit. It's a lacking of understanding. It's that being a condition where you would have to marvel to understand the complexity and the greatness of a now experience with the holy God, who's all capable, ever present, and all knowing. And going, ah, that's so much. I'm just going to stay here and watch the game. You, uh, you other people can do that thing. It's just too much. Uh, because we tend to be lazy. I don't know if you figure this out. And you can't find a remote. You're like, Dad, get, get it right. We do that with a lot of different stuff. Just my kids do it with um, my kids, by the way, not Julie. She n he never loses anything. So. Uh, verse 20, everyone who does wicked things hates the light because it does not and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Whoever does what is true comes to light so that he may clearly see that his works have been carried out in God. Uh, we just saw a decision. You got to change your works implied in that last. You got to change some of the things that you do. Um. I see this in sports all the time. Coach the game yesterday. There's some kids that listen and there's some kids that don't. Hopefully the latter don't live with you. <laughs> Hopefully you have the former. Right? After this, verse 22, uh, Jesus and his disciples went into Judean countryside. He remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Anon near Salim because water was plentiful there and the people were coming and being baptized for John had not yet been put into prison. Now a discussion arose between some of the John's disciples and a Jew over purification. They came to John and said, Rabbi, he was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness. Look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, well, a person can't receive anything, even one thing, unless it is given him from heaven. Where's, where's, where's everything come from? God, uh, you yourselves bear me witness. I said, I told you, I'm not the Christ, but I've been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Hmm, this just made me think, isn't there a wedding coming up? Like seven days and a couple hours? Okay. Um, therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. What's this joy? Jesus, right? He's Jesus on the scene. We're no longer waiting for him. We're no, no, no longer proclaiming that he is coming. He has arrived. He's on the scene. We're having a now experience. And he says, this is why I was sent. You heard me say it. And now it's complete. And watch this, verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. I think that's part of the joy. I think that's why that verse is right there, right after my joy is now complete because I've become less and he's become, I've started to figure it out that my physical experience life is different than my spiritual experience with God in life. I'm trying to get ahead and get over my coals and win games and do all that kind of stuff. And in a spiritual life, I want him to be in charge, him to take over, and me think like him. I want to be coached rather than be the coach when it comes to God. It's, it's, it's incredible. That's one of the decisions we have to make. Can we make him have higher status than self? Um, and fewer are those that find that, by the way, is what we hear in Scripture. <coughs> It's why uh, it, it seldom bothers me too much 
when people leave the church, leave the faith? I've been told. I got to read the end of the book. Few are those that find it. Not most won't. More will leave than stay. Oh, so we're not playing a numbers game. Dang it. Everything else in life for me is a numbers game. Yeah, God's, God's not doing a numbers game. You ever heard that um, comparison? Quality versus... Oh, you've heard it. No, it's, it's really simple. God's not doing a quantity thing. He's doing a quality thing. I was like, oh, the light switch went off. No, I don't have to marvel about that anymore. I, don't, I no longer need to worry about that so much as how much can I do? I need to worry about what, what quality can I do for Him? Ooh. Man, it makes things uh, better. Uh, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. What's he saying about himself, right? He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. This is John basically, because we're still talking to John the Baptist, by the way, right now. And he's basically saying, look, uh, I'm, I'm the earthly version. He's the real deal. He's above all. He bears witness that he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets a seal to this, that God is... Mm. Um, who who um, just got left out of truth. Everything else. God is true. Period. Uh, for he whom God has sent utters the words of God, and he gives the Spirit without... Measure. I prayed that this morning before we start, as we were starting. Right? Give us the Spirit. Right? Uh, how much? Oh, you mean we're not measuring? Not a quantity thing. It's a quality thing. How can you do Spirit with quality rather than in quantity? I, I, if you have an inkling as to what that looks like, please tell me. That's, I'm fascinated with that. There you go. Well said. Uh, Verse 35, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. The stuff you worry about, think about, hope for, dream, um, miss, lost, infected, whatever. His. Belong to Him. I love that. I, I just got let off the hook. There's so many different things. Whoever, verse 36, whoever believes in the Son has, present tense, now experience, eternal life. Whoever does not obey, ob, what's that word? Obey? Wait, can can we go back one slide, guys, in the tech booth? Whoever, let's start this over, verse 36, whoever, anyone? Anyone, right? Anyone. Verse 33, anyone who, whoever, next slide, anyone that believes, anyone who believes has eternal life. First statement, compare, contrast. First statement, whoever believes, whoever does not believe, wait, it doesn't say believe. I I have found this a few times in Scripture, more times than I like. Uh, That's not sarcasm, by the way. That's full truth. It kind of bothers me that it says, hey, if you don't believe, no no eternal life. And by the way, you want, uh, if you believe, you get eternal life. But if you don't obey, you're out. Believe and obey are different. Yes? Not for a Jew. There's do and there's do not. There is no... Right? There's something about obedience that is evidence of belief. And if you believe but disobey, 
Well, then your actions speak louder than your words. Did you really believe it? We were in a, um, I think it was a seminary class, and we were talking, it was a kind of more of a discussion-based class, and one of the guys was talking about um, the magazines as you check out at the grocery store, and the scantily clad, and the images, and da-da-da, this is such a problem, and da-da-da, and they had this, they were having this big discussion, and, and I'm, I'm problematic and sometimes less than user-friendly. I got a little impatient with discussion. What do you think, Scott? I don't think it's a problem. Don't look at them and walk on by. And it's over. They wanted to keep talking about it. No. Job says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a woman. Made a decision. Move on. You want to struggle with it. (laughs) You're struggling with it. You didn't make a covenant. You haven't made that decision yet. You're playing a game. Whatever. Uh, we talk about, say this about lying, uh, uh, addictions, uh, things we drink, eat, whatever. Um, I really think exercise is important. Yes, but you never do it. <laughs> I think I'll believe the actions. Right? We have to obey. Period. Um, we see that in the story of the mouse man who built his house on the rock. Because Jesus qualifies that guy. He says, you know who that guy is? That's the guy who hears these words of mine and obeys them. Not believes them, obeys them. I think there's a better argument for saying that Christian faith is about obedience rather than belief. I don't know how you separate the two. Um, Whoever does not obey shall not see life, but... The wrath of God remains on him. Apparently, wrath is still possible. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? Amen. Okay, you ready to fly? There's three decisions, I think, that are um, pretty prominent throughout this passage. There are really two different kinds of stories going on here. We uh, change up about two-thirds of the way through the passage. Um, And here's the first thing that stuck out to me. Um, We witness a different experience than expected. Um, what that means is you have to d- make a decision that what you're going to experience with God is going to be different. Different should be expected. Um, what's, what's that phrase they use in, in, in investments and things? like what it, It's the tagline they always say, past performance is not an indicator of future gain, gain or profits or something. Yeah. It's like, hey, just because it's happened before the pattern's always been this way, your relationship with God can be very different. Okay? Think about it this way. From the time I was born um, until I was almost 26, I had one experience. Single. You two should pay attention to this. Uh a couple, three months before I turned 26, there was a ceremony and a ring and a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. I got a migraine. Had to take Advil with some Sprite through the um, McDonald's drive through between the reception and the honeymoon because we drove through in my truck. She had her dress on. I had my suit on. And we're going through the McDonald's because I got such a headache because it's over. And all, everything released, and it's like, now nah, I'm getting this migraine. I need some Sprite so I can take the... Uh. From that day on, I've had a different experience. It's called married. Do you know that the two are drastically different? Anybody experience that? Okay, this is your relationship with the Lord. Once you're married to Him. It's funny, the things they say about marriage in Scripture are similar to the things that they say about God in Scripture. I'm I'm supposed to love her more than I love myself? Hold on a second, where's the contract? I don't see that. Where's that? What? It's learning a different way to... Someone else is involved in everything now. Before, it was like, 
10 o'clock, if I jump in the car right now, I can catch the late show. Now it's a discussion. <laughs> Why don't we plan to do that tomorrow? We can go to sleep and be on a regular schedule. And Do you, do you think that conversation happened? <laughs> Let's not talk about that anymore. Um, we're going to have a different experience with God. And by the way, better. Different is going to be better. Your fear tends to be different is bad. Uh, different is going to take this from me. Different is going to compromise whatever. Uh, different is going to be more work. Different is going to be costly. Different is going to be criticized by other people and they're going to post about it and the whole thing. And Get over yourself. Walk through the door. Ooh, I'm in the new room. I tell Dance into the room, Sally. Yeah, yeah. We need to go more places together. Um, I've said this to my kids for as long as they could understand words. Read the room. Reading the room is adjusting to what's going on in the room. Dominating the room, taking over the room, is different. You walk in, I'm the most important person here. Hey, you guys all need to listen to what I'm going to say and we're going to do this and oh, by the way, we're going to leave in a few minutes. You're taking over. With God, walk in, read the room. Figure out what's going on and, and, and just be a passenger. Make the decision to let different happen and then look for the positive, the better in it and your joy may be complete. That's what Johnny said. Second, the difference is this difference that we talked about in the first one, right? It should be expected. By the way, those are the two underlines in the first one. Different is expected. That's why I made you underline those two because I told you I was going to be a little nerdy. Um, but this difference that we're talking about is difficult. It's difficult. It's better, but it's going to be difficult, right? Because we all dislike change, Right? Change is hard, right? It's difficult to accept. What's the problem, the difficult or the acceptance? acceptance. The acceptance. If the acceptance is the, the hardest part, then is the problem in the difficult or is the problem in you? See, there's a decision to make. It's weird. I've entered a new phase. I thought there was just single and then there was married. Apparently there's, there's single, then there's married, then there's married with kids. Do you know what comes after that? Married with adult kids. I'm not ready for that one. I have been parenting my adult kids. Um, you... Uh, you have a pastor who overshares. Deal with it, okay? Not sorry. I am trying to figure out this different world of no longer parenting my adults. I'm trying to figure out how to adult my adults. I dislike it very much. <laughs> it is very difficult. I have lost control. I believe I have lost sanity. Um, I am... I'm in war with this uh, word. I th used to think I like this. Um, it, autonomy. I hate that word. Because they are exercising autonomy. I think autonomy for, for me should be for me only. <laughs> Everything would be better. Yeah, how do my parents feel about that? Oh. No, it's, it, there's, uh, we want a different experience with God. We have to be willing to accept it because it's going to be difficult. It, it's going to hurt a little bit and there will be change. If there's any word that I like less than autonomy, it's change. Right? I like later better than change too. Because um, if I can later get same, I like same. Difference is difficult to accept, and then beyond accepting, it might be a while before you understand. 
Why do we marvel? Because we lack understanding. There's some imagery there. When you're under a stand, you know, when you can stand, you're stable. When you lack standing, that's, you're wobbly, right? Gotta get your sea legs. Difference is difficult to accept and understand. Yet, is it possible? It's expected. Uh, in fact, uh, there is no other kind. Jesus is saying all this, and John is witnessing it because this is reality. And I started saying this, I think this maybe might be two years in now. I think really one of the things that Scripture does is it, it defines for us what reality is. I love thinking about it that way. That God is showing us reality. Last one, let's wrap this up. Um, the descended son. This, this one's going to hurt the most. And therefore, I'm going to have the most fun with it. Um, the descended son. We love that. I don't know if you noticed, I was trying to do D words this week. <laughs> descended son offers a healthy relationship. Yes. I like relationship. What's the hierarchy of that relationship? Hierarchy. What's the org chart in your new relationship that he's offering you? It's going to be healthy. We know that. I love this game. What's, what's the hierarchy? Who's, who's, um, who's, who's, who's the direct report? God. Okay. And who's reporting? You. So are you lesser or more? Yeah, he must increase, I must decrease. Um, you've been living your life as the prime suspect sitting in the master chair, right? You're Captain Kirk, whatever. And you're going to have to take a lower position. And that word probably starts with a D. Demotion. He's offering you a healthy demotion. This is where it started to make some sense for me. Hey, Berglund, you're not going to do this anymore. What? How, who are you to tell me what to do? I'm God. I wrote stuff that's still in print. My dudes are still talked about today. Most people are start trying to stop talking about your dudes. He says, look, you, you need a demotion. Now, demotion sounds, sounds bad. It sounds negative. Yes, but I, we just got over telling you that it's going to be different, and the different was going to be difficult. You're going to have to redefine demotion. It's good. You don't have to. A bunch of things. Have you? Has, has anybody had a demotion and realized you enjoyed it? I I got demoted three months before I turned 26. I was King Kamehameha. I was lord of the castle. And right about then I got a queen. I became number two. And then we had a kid and another kid and another kid. And we got a dog. <laughs> now we live with Wayne. I've been demoted seven times. I am numero ocho. <laughs> it's glorious. I don't really get to pick what I eat much anymore or where we go or how my money's spent and you know what I'm having a blast my kid got good news the other day I said oh, that's awesome are, are you doing anything tonight you have plans he, he let me hang out with him that night can, can Wayne come too what are we doing we're going to go to eat awesome where are we going we're going to this place oh I made zero decisions and I got chauffeured. <laughs> it's the weirdest. I like being number eight. Be demoted. Put God in charge. And watch if it isn't different, difficult. You start having a now experience and awesome. But that's not our word today. You start making some of these decisions and it will be marvelous. Marvelous. You have to say marvelous. Okay. 
Um, let's pray. Lord, thanks for being you. Thanks for giving us a chance, for showing us the equation, for communicating with us, for um, being patient with us, for adulting us. Give us now experiences, Lord. Show us the decisions we need to make. Make them crystal clear. If you're a Christian and you've claimed Christ at some point in your life tonight, I want, I want you to take a, just a minute and ask God, what, what are the decisions He wants you to work on right now? Introspect. If, if you've never claimed Christ, if you've never said, I want to have now experiences with you from now on, maybe, maybe that's the way you say it today. God, I decide today demote me. You're in charge now. Be Lord and Savior. Give me more than salvation. Help me to see kingdom. And then help us help you. Let us know if that's your decision. Thank you, Lord, for what we get to do today. Worship, learn, introspect, we thank you for the offering we're receiving. We trust it's yours. We ask your blessing on it and us. In your son's Jesus' name, with full measure of the Spirit. Amen. talk to you about people you love. Uh, Amy Lee, one of our original eight ladies, had surgery this week. She's recovering. When she's recovered enough, she gets to do another surgery. And I think, is it knee? Knee, knee replacement. Yeah. Aren't you glad it's not you? Aren't you going to pray for her? For sure, right? Okay. Hey, um, uh, you love uh, Bryce Turner. Remember him? He used to come up here and sing a little. You love Brent Baldwin. He used to do almost everything around here. Next week, Bryce Turner, Brent Baldwin, right here. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. So look forward to that. Um, and the reason that's happening is because you love... Nate and Joy. And for most of you, the next time you see them, they'll be the bars. So uh, be praying for them. And may you make marvelous decisions. Amen? Go with him.